welcome back to the 90 or Nothing podcast show, episode number four. Today's show, big show. Kylie, earlier this week, got to sit down with Kim and Kim Hagen from Hagen's Equine Reproduction Centre just outside of Tamworth. With the breeding season currently happening, we thought you guys need to be in the know of what to breed to and how to breed to, and also how to breed that next best champion of yours to go through the cutting or camp draft ring. We really do hope you're enjoying these podcasts because we certainly are enjoying recording them. But if you have a friend out there that's unsure of how to use them or how to download our show, literally grab their phone, take their phone, type in the 90 or nothing podcast show, download it for them so they can listen in too. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this show is all made possible by our good friends, Camp Draft Training Online, but a little bit more about them later on. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to 90 or Nothing Podcast. I'm Kylie Barnett. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with husband and wife team, Kim and Kim Hagen from Hagen's Equine. Thank you both for your time today. So obviously we've got Kim and Kim and uh, they've creatively come up with Boy Kim and Girl Kim so we can <laughs> clear that up. So um, anyone... K-I-K-Y. Oh yeah, K- K-Y-M for Boy Kim and K-I-M for Girl Kim. And um, so when you're contacting Kim and Kim, you, that's who you'll be talking to. Um, they've recently moved in from Manila. You guys had a vet clinic out there. You were all... You covered all animals out there, small and big. Yeah. But um, along the way, you decided to specialise into the equine business. That's it. That's correct. So we are covering all sorts of equine breeding and you also do teeth around the area? Yeah. That, yep. I mean, we do all horse work, but um, the reproduction and the, and the dentistry would be the kind of cornerstones of our business. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So you don't do any of the other animal, small animals now? Just, no. Just we, basically. We, as you said, we used to own the uh, Manila Barabra and Bingra vet clinics in partnership um, with another fella. Mm-hmm. And um, we sold out of that. We owned that for about 11 years and we sold out of that and, yeah, just doing 100% horses now and, yep. and flat stick with it. So it's great. And you started out with your equine business out at Manila, but then you saw this opportunity of this beautiful property here just on the outskirts of Townworth. There's some great facilities here. Just tell us about your facilities and um, it's breeding season at the moment. I love breeding season. It's right up my alley. I wish I was at uh, equine vet actually now that I've gotten more into it and know a little bit more about it. I thought you were just boasting about being a good mum. <laughs> <laughs> Kim's a bit of a comedian, boy Kim as well. He has his Hagen's entertainment so he doesn't mind to throw in a bit of a joke here and there. But um, So your facilities here. Yeah. Just tell us you've got lots of yeah, so stuff. We, we were kind of, we were out, uh, just out of Manila and we were set up pretty well. It was a pretty yeah. basic setup, but it functioned really well. And we were kind of looking for a place to run the, the embryo transfer recipient mares in the off season. Yeah, okay. And we were just keeping our eyes open for an opportunity there. And um, anyway, we drove past this place at Hallsville, which I've known and, and done jobs here before. And it's got fantastic horse facilities. Yeah. And um, it was up for sale, and I thought, geez, that could work really well. And um, the kids are probably the ones that are most disappointed with the whole deal because they've gone from our perfect house, our custom made house in Manila, with some rudimentary but functional horse setup, to a fantastic horse setup 
with an extremely rudimentary house <laughs> <laughs> it's specially designed so that the cold wind comes up through the floor in the winter oh and the heat comes through the roof in the summer it's a it sounds a, nice oh, it's very enjoyable, very enjoyable. <laughs> but, i must um, admit i have seen the house that you guys originally lived in it was a beautiful house yeah. But um, the facilities here obviously outweigh the yeah. house. Like we stepped straight into, um, uh, you know, a couple of sheds with with some really nice sized stables. Yeah. Um, we turned one of the stables into a crush area and one of the stables into a lab um, for all our semen processing and um, embryo transfer work. Um, and the rest of it, we've got eight steel day yards that are all irrigated in a normal season okay um, yeah and then we've got about six or seven paddocks smaller paddocks and then within that we can break those up into smaller yards the whole place is um, um, made into laneways so it's easy to move mare and foal combinations around it's easy to move fairly unhandled horses around yeah put them straight onto a truck if we need to um, get them off the trucks obviously so it's um, works really well in that regard um, and yeah, we've got a horse walker, which um, we always thought would be a bit of a luxury, but it, it kind of works well. If you're cleaning out a box, you can put them on the horse walker. Okay, yeah. If you've had a stallion that's served, you can then go and throw them on the walker, give them a bit of exercise. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of benefits to those kind of things. Yeah, it all looks really clean and safe. And um, yeah, it looks very good to be able to bring your mare and foal, etc., here and know that they're in good hands with um, safe facilities. Yeah. Um, breeding season. So obviously um, it's on our door. You did mention about um, in a normal season. We are in a drought. Have you noticed any um, different um, things that mare owners need to do to try and bring in? Is there, yeah. Are they cycling different? Are they, like I know last year at one stage they all just shut down and it was just, you know, in the middle of breeding season, it was really hard to get mares in foal and basically it was just, you know, let's not even bother at the moment yeah. because it's just going to be too difficult. Are you finding any mare troubles at the minute? Yeah, it's tricky. Um, as you said, uh, a dry season can certainly contribute to mares not cycling normally or not cycling at all. Yeah. Um, and there's, if they're not cycling at all, there's really not much you can do about that um, other than wait, um, bring in the rain, those kind of things. Um, but there's a lot of things that influence mare fertility which um, some people aren't aware of. Like um, if a mare's in pain, so if a mare's, if you've got a, a 18, 20 year old mare that you want to breed from and, and she's chronically lame, that's going to affect her cycling and her ability to go and foal. Um, additionally, body condition. Um, so if people bring a mare in that's too skinny or too fat, um, oddly enough, being too fat can be um, a drama as much as being too skinny. Um, horses that have been under lights for showing. Um, there's a lot of things that can influence the way a mare cycles and therefore mm -hmm. our ability to get them in foal. It's not just about just turn them up and, and they'll just magically go in foal. But probably the biggest thing, like you're, you're saying, is season at the moment. Um, it's because it's so dry, nature is saying to the mares, don't breed. Yeah. So okay. um, of our recipient mares, we've got a, a small mob that we just replenish as we need to. Um, but we've got 16 recipient mares there, 17 as of five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and of those, there's probably about four that are cycling regularly. Yeah. There's probably three or four that are cycling mm -hmm. irregularly. And there's probably a bunch of them that aren't cycling yet. Yeah, so okay. frustrating. We've been doing instead of um, 
I think if we get an, uh, an inch of rain, um, the mares will cycle crazy. Um, yeah. And it'll be on for young and old. And I think a lot of people will jump on that and get as many mares bred in that time as they can. Yeah. Like you said, last season we had that good rain for a Yeah, bit. I remember that. Yeah. And then for three months, probably just after Christmas, it just, just went, went dead. Zilch. Yeah. But and in saying that, a lot of the mares that are cycling naturally at the moment are going in foal. Yeah, and that's the irony of it. The ones that are cycling, like you said, Kim, it, they're just cycling fantastically and dropping in foal. You know, we've, we've, I think we've had 11 breeds. Um, in the last three or four weeks and one of them hasn't gone in foal first time. The others have gone in foal okay, first time. Yep. Um, we've, we've done two um, embryos um, and those went in foal first time, transferred successfully first time and, and job's done. Yep. Um, but then it's a matter of keeping them in foal as well. And again, it comes down to management of um, keeping those mares comfortable and relaxed, good food, good nutrition, um, we also put them on a um, hormonal support program, so we give them progesterone in a daily formulation. Um, so what does the progesterone actually do? Does that... So yeah. in, in the Latin, pro being for and gesterone, gestation, it's, it's the hormone, so it's a synthetic form of the own, own hormone that the mare would make, um, which just helps them support that pregnancy. Um, yeah, okay. So it's making sure that... Um, on a hormonal basis, we're not going to let that file slip. Yeah, okay. So even if um, I learnt something a bit more a bit last year when those mares shut down, my mares were still cycling, but yet their uterus was not doing anything where they wouldn't be holding a... Um, wasn't really prepared to sort of yeah. develop so, anything. So it's kind of a bit... You sort of might see your mare cycling out in the paddock and you think, oh, my mare's cycling, yeah. but on the inside, they actually haven't... Yeah. actually developed properly to to reproduct yeah so there's there's two things that we're looking for to work in conjunction in the mare when we scan them so for those who don't know we use an ultrasound scanner we rectally um, examine the uterus so we put a hand up their backside and we can then directly put our hand over the uterus and ovaries and we can examine the whole reproductive tract and we're looking for two things we want the ovary obviously to develop a follicle or an egg um, and that normally we would see that at about three centimeters, 30 millimeters, and then it will develop as the mare comes into season to maybe up to 45 millimeters or even 50 for a stock horse size mare. Um, if you had a big thoroughbred or a warm blood, it might even be 60, 65 millimeter. Oh, wow, follicles. okay, yeah. Um, and but we also want the uterus, like you were saying, you can have the ovaries kind of cycling, but unless the uterus is prepared to accept a conception you've not got a fertile mare. So you want the uterus also to be engorging, ready to take that conception on. Um, and that happens during, um, during their cycle. And then if those two things work together, we can either send them for live cover um, when they're ready, or we can inseminate them with um, chilled semen, which is probably the bulk of the insem inseminations that we get involved with. Okay, yeah. Or then frozen semen. Um, which sits in liquid nitrogen until such time as we need it. So talking about semen, what's your thoughts there? There's, um, it's, there's been sort of a bit of discussion amongst just general horse men and women, um, you know, the best options with... I don't uh, need to be involved in these discussions. Well, you know, <laughs> like, honestly. Come on, come on. So oh, there's... horse semen, sorry. Yeah, okay. Frozen horse semen. Um, yeah, frozen horse semen, the chilled um, semen, and the live cover. 
what would be your preference as a vet to deal with um, as far as obviously the USA in particular with the camp drafting and the cutting, it's quite popular to bring out frozen semen yep. from America. And um, is the quality just, you know, is it there? Yep. Like, should we be really dabbling with the frozen semen? Is it? What's... I think oftentimes um, the, the kind of history of the horse comes out in word of mouth. People will say, oh, I know people who've bred to that horse and they've never got a foal and yeah. and the more you start asking around. So often between um, clients, experienced clients and between vets, we get to know which horses are difficult. Um, but there's certainly a variation in quality of semen, no question. Yeah. Um, and if you... Um, so the semen is frozen through a, a quite a specific technique um, and then it's stored in liquid nitrogen at minus 273 degrees. So then when it comes out and it's rethawed, it may look great, but it may not actually be fertile. And we had a couple of stallions last year that we were dealing with that when you looked at it under the microscope, it was squiggling all over the place and you thought, fantastic, this would be right. And not the case. And then when we kind of asked more and more, we found out that they were actually very difficult stallions to get any pregnancies to, mm. which is really frustrating. Bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? Yeah. It's expensive for the clients. Yeah. We're doing everything we can, and when you know you may not get a pregnancy, you may do, but it just becomes an expensive ordeal. Whereas if you look at semen under the microscope and it's not moving, you know it's bad. Yeah. So that's a simple situation, yeah. and I can say to the owner, you know, you're unlikely to get a pregnancy. Yes. Having said that, all you 16-year-old girls, it only needs one. <laughs> we did have one of those last year. We had one of those. The semen, chilled semen turned up and it was virtually dead. Like, when yeah. I'm looking at it under the microscope, and chilled semen sometimes takes five minutes to warm up, and when you're under the light of the microscope, it normally warms up in happy days. Well, this semen was all but dead. Like, there was yeah, okay. in a high-powered field where we're looking at, you know, to pick a figure, maybe a thousand sperm, um we're looking at maybe one or two that are half rigging. And I was thinking, I just said to the owners, look, I'm sorry, I've inseminated it when it needs to be inseminated. I've done everything I can, but the semen was terrible and she won't go in foal. Yeah. And she was in foul. And then, well, up. Yeah. Yes, well, um, I guess that's sort of really up to the owner's discretion as whether they sort of want to take that risk with the yeah. frozen semen. And yeah. um, obviously they'd probably want sort of a very fertile mare you wouldn't be using sort of really exactly. older mares or trouble mares with the, yep. the frozen semen so you'd nearly be sort of recommend recommending the chilled or live cover for those types yep. of mares that you know are a little Absolutely. difficult so, so getting back to your original question what do i prefer live cover is definitely the best chilled yep. semen's next and then frozen semen in terms of fertility having said that if you've got the right semen they're all good yeah um uh, Expense-wise for the client, it goes up, but generally when you're looking into, especially in the quarter horse world, when you're looking into frozen semen, you're looking into your imported horses that are going to be more valuable foals, so it's all worth it in the long run, yes. provided you get a foal. There's nothing more frustrating, like you say, bring some 20-year-old fantastic horse to us, breed it to frozen four times, don't get a foal, it costs a fortune, and everybody goes home with their lip dragging on the ground but. well actually i've got a 20 odd year old mare that i wanted to use frozen semen but i won't be bringing that one in now yeah. <laughs> Excellent. one of the main reasons we started this podcast show was to bring you guys as much information on the cutting and camp draft industry as possible camp draft training online brings you guys all the latest training methods from top competitors and trainers within the camp draft industry 
be sure to head over to their website and subscribe at www.teamcto.com.au and get all their latest tips and hints to get you into that winner's circle. Back to the embryoing, the pros and cons of embryoing, because I think people can get really disappointed at the thought they're bringing their best mare in, they're spending a lot of money on semen, they're <clears throat> spending the money on preparing the mare, and then you don't get a result at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you guys are trying your best, yeah. but that's just sort of the way it's going. It, it can happen, yeah. can't it? And um, there's a lot of processes along the way, so yeah. just... For those who don't know how embryoing works, yep. um, what is the process there? Just a quick over, like the basic overview. Yeah. Overview. Obviously, it's quite sort of involved from a vet's sort of yeah. terminology. But just for the people out there, yeah. when they drop their mare off and they're expecting a foal in another mare at the end of the day, what what's the process there? So the simple concept of embryo transfer is that you bring your super valuable mare, and that may be dollars valuable, it may be emotional value, whatever. You bring your top mare to us and we will get that mare pregnant to whichever stallion you choose. And then at around about seven to eight days pregnancy, we take that embryo out of that mare and we put it in a recipient mare to carry the foal. So if you've got a valuable mare that's still on the competition scene, um, then you've got that option to keep riding that horse through competition. It may be that you think the mare's too old or too sore maybe in an old competition horse to carry a foal. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the kind of benefits of using um, embryo transfer. It Also, you can get multiple foals per year and those foals can be registered. So again, if you've got a valuable horse that you want to get two or three foals out of that year, um, that gives you a, a great option to do that rather than just a single as you would normally through a natural um, carrying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's as simple as, well, on paper it's as simple as that. We bring the mare here, we, we prepare her as normal, so we will do rectal scans to find out where she is in her, her cycle. We would then prepare her ready for insemination, be that live cover, chilled or frozen. We inseminate her. And then seven days plus one after they've um, ovulated, um, we would then flush them. Now we can't tell if a mare's in foal until they are say 12 at least days in foal. So we're, we're flushing them at eight days in foal. Yeah. And um, so it's a bit of a, it's a wait and see. Yeah. Okay. And, and basically what we do is we put a fluid into the uterus, we slush it around and then we put it back through a sieve, a very fine sieve and we check out what we've got in the sieve under the microscope. We find the embryo, prepare it. Hopefully. Put it yeah. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prepare it and put it in the recipient mare. And the recipient mm. mare also needs to be at the same stage in their cycle. So we're normally preparing two at least mares as um, recipients per horse that we've got a donor. Yeah. Um, so that and, in itself is quite um, yeah, a bit of a task in itself, preparing that other yeah. mare to... Yeah. Be in sync with that. And it can be challenging. Again, and time consuming. We've not got a lot of horses that are cycling regularly for us. Yeah. So um, it's it gets down to a real management issue on how to manage those horses and not overwork them and not underwork them and have them ready for those mares. Yeah. Um, so that's probably where wife, girl Kim, comes yeah. in. She's Definitely. a bit of the backbone of the of the business, I must admit. You've 
Kim boy Kim does all the veterinary work, but you, you take all the phone calls, yeah, you know what mares yeah, are cycling. It's a real juggle to try and, and the record keeping. You've got to keep your record keeping because once... Her record keeping is even better than mine. Well, I must admit, Ben and I both have recent mares from last year and we were arguing yesterday. They're both about to fall. We can't Ben's remember first. which... Ben's is first, Ben's but is first. neither of them have fold. She's gone overdue and mine's due. So we're yeah. sort of waiting to see whose fold comes out first. Yeah, I think Ben's is about three days ahead of yours. Yeah, well, we need to know which one's got the white star and which is the plain one because we. I think we're just... Yours is number 11. Okay, I'll have to have a look because... <laughs> she, um, she's got 11 grand on it. You'll be right. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, I'm glad. See, this is why we need you in the business because I we have no idea which ones... We should have left the collars on them, but we didn't. So, um, yeah, now you've got the number 11 and Ben's got one called Liberty. They've all got interesting names. Great. Well, thank you. Well, that's why girl Kim is really good at her <laughs> at her job because she would have seen numerous recips last year doing this. And, um, yeah, I remember numbers. Yeah, so you are good with numbers, I must admit. Um, yeah, I enjoy the management of the recips and you've just got to keep your records because if you forget what something is, you can go back and look to what they were the day before or the week before and, so my day book is my Bible, basically. Yeah. Um, Kim and I, our kids used to go to school together. So we used to have very sort of inappropriate <laughs> conversations at the pickup where we talking would be... Talking about semen again. Talking, <laughs> yeah. talking about semen and <laughs> horse vaginas and all the sorts. And then we sort of look around and go, oh, yeah. hang on. Our, our, our boys get very embarrassed walking around the streets <laughs> with me when I answer the phone. <laughs> so um, I can see you two chatting away at primary school about vaginal confirmation <laughs> yeah. yes so um so yeah i think i think our um fellow yeah so i think i think we've broken them in yeah. to our talk but um <laughs> so other than the um reproduction you also um have the hagen's entertainment is yeah. that right are you still doing any of that at the yeah, moment yeah like um Yes, is the loose term. We're so busy with work that um, it's very difficult to kind of get involved. So um, we do a little bit of entertainment around horses. Um, you know, uh, we've got some horses that we do some liberty work with and um, I, I kind of combine music and comedy with, with horses. So we tend to parody songs and, and then play guitar on the back yeah. of the horse and, and sing some songs. and. Those kind of things. We also just do various comedy acts, and we we tend to do you know half a dozen ag shows a year, and yeah, um, a few others. Um, he regularly comes home and goes, "I've got a new idea," which makes me very. Nervous. And generally, he goes, <laughs> yeah, same kind of response. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I can see this going well. Oh, thanks, darling. You can't support. sing that in public. <laughs> yeah, but I was lucky enough to go to America. Um, with our oldest boy Dusty in January to the National Western Stock Show over yeah. there in Denver, Colorado. Yep. And um, we did the same kind of things over there, kind of you know singing on a Liberty horse and and carrying on and um, yeah, like that kind of opportunity to get overseas is just awesome and um, definitely get get one of the boys overseas each time. Is and and in saying that too, you do have three boys which are, are really full on. That there's. Uh, Dusty, Harry, and Ned, and they're all very competitive at sports and very good with their horses and camp drafting and all the rest. So, and obviously they're um, part of the entertainment when they they're get there. Slaves. <laughs> yeah. They are very entertaining boys, I must admit. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that what you call it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard Girl Kim refer to you as her your her fur, her fourth child, so yeah. he needs the most adult She's very respectful as like well. <laughs> so and also just um, a bit of history about you both. You both um, were originally into the endurance and quite heavily involved there and was very successful. Yeah, I endurance from when I was about seven, seven or eight. Yeah, I'm a, bit a long of, time ago. A long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. I'm a bit of a fair weather rider these days, so I've decided that if the weather's not great, I won't get on. But yeah. No, endurance was really good to us. That's how we met. And, oh. Endurance is a terrific sport. Um, great way of getting out and just riding around, you know, in places that you wouldn't be able to through you know, yeah. national parks and, and private properties in fantastic areas beautiful you know like she said she's fair weather rider now she doesn't get up at four in the morning to ride but if you got up, I don't blame you know, her. at a standard <laughs> endurance ride you'd normally see the sun come up and um in some pretty spectacular places and um i do yeah. miss that part oh kimette's done pretty well in the endurance she's been very very um uh, polite but she's yeah uh, she's... I, I can remember you were you were quite at the top of your game I had at that a, point I've had a really good horse who's now a babysitter for all our young ones down the paddock and he was very very good to us and he won state championships and he he's won a we used to go in a 400 kilometer marathon ride every year and um he's one of the in the history of the, of the sport he's one of the more successful horses in in that ride um he they don't really talk about winners as such in the ride. It's a matter of, you know, complete the course, you're a winner. Yeah. Um, but he did the fastest time down there a couple of times and um, and just looked a million bucks. Big, strong, buckskin, uh, stock horse, Arab, and um, yeah, right. tough as all nails. So. He's a bit of an ideas man. He's uh, I've got his full brother ready to go for the <laughs> marathon, but she won't ride him. But he's, oh, in his spare time. Yeah, oh, in my spare oh, time. He's, he's one that we use so. in, in the entertainment as well. So Yeah, okay. pretty close to our hearts. Very good. So another question I wanted to ask you, getting back to the breeding side of things, um, I found along, along the way there's a little, little bit of discussion about herder. Yep. Um, is it a problem? Is it going to affect the business um, or affect the horse industry? Have you come across any herder horses? Yeah, look, it, these kind of yeah. So herder is a um, is a congenital um, a, a, um, recessive generic uh, recessive genetic disease. So if you have two carriers of the disease, um, you can end up with the disease being exhibited in twenty five percent of your offspring. Now is that um, common? Is that um, yeah? It's I, I've seen one case one. of it yeah. in my travels um, yeah. in a. It was nearly a two-year-old quarter horse. Um, and what does it present itself with? How do you know? So it they, they, it's a skin. It's basically a, a disorder of the skin, and they end up getting sores. It normally exhibits by two years of age. It's very uncommon that it hasn't exhibited by two years of age. Um, so it's normally just as you're about to break them in that they um, become evident, and yeah. it's normally a euthanasia case because they, they develop sores that basically the skin doesn't have the um, the normal structure, uh, it ends up tearing and damaging very easily and those become open sores that just you know, perpetuate um, and extremely painful for the horse. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's, you know, you're unable to do anything with them. Yeah. 
so as you're saying it, it's it's pretty unusual to see a case of it yeah um i've been working as a vet since 2001 and i've seen one case of it um so not to say that there may not be plenty more out there but yeah. um certainly there are carriers around um yep. and people well that's to... what that's why i asked the question is that i, I since i've we've gotten into a bit more of the breeding i've noticed there is a lot of carriers yep. around and i think just from the influence of some um particularly good horses over in america that are carriers and so we've been breeding to them and, and it's probably been around a lot more than what we realized because i know the stock horse society are now um genetically testing yeah where they haven't all these years which um, it's probably a good thing to just double check that we're not going to be yeah. um, breeding. And it's as simple as that. Because it's a recessive disease, you need to have two carriers. Yeah. And then of that, 25% of their foals will be herder positive. Yeah. 50% will remain carriers and 25% would be cleaned. Yeah. So if you are aware of it and you're not breeding a herder carrier to a herder carrier then you're gonna have a safe offspring. It may still be a carrier that you then need to be aware of, um, but if you uh, you know, if you wanna be super clean, breed a clean mare to a clean stallion, and then yeah. you're never gonna to have to worry about it. Um, and it's one of those things with recessive diseases, there's a few in the Arabs as well with endurance. Um, I, you know, if, if the breed societies wanted to get tough on it, they could just say no stallions that can be registered if they are carriers of these diseases. Now, obviously, that's going to impact the industry in the quarter horse world. Oh, it would be massive. Beyond. There are so many it just wouldn't happen. out there at the minute. But, yeah. So for, probably from an education point of view, the simple thing is don't breed a carrier to a carrier. Yeah. So you just, you're fine if you just check up that. Um, yep. If you've got a carrier mare or you breed to um, a horse that is a non-carrier, which I think you can just check that online or, yep. you know, uh, it's probably, yep. particularly if you've got a carrier mare, you, you'd want to double check with your stallion yep. owners. I know myself you, it's kind of a little bit hard you sort of have to do dig around a little bit sometimes they don't have it yeah. very clear but um i think it's something like a h slash nr if they're a carrier and and n slash n if they're not a carrier so i think you do if you've got a carrier mare you sort of got to really um make sure that you're yeah. not breeding because it's not up to you guys to Absolutely. follow that up is it like yeah, you guys I aren't going to go hey stop yeah no, we've if, looked into this if and, you come to me and say i want to breed this mare to that stallion i say fine Kylie. yeah we'll, we'll do our very best to get that mare in pop yeah so it's really the onus is on the owner to to know that yeah. this is what's happening here isn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no that's um that's what i just wanted to uh clear up there for those if people have got any queries not just about her but about you know any other diseases or confirmation or anything have yeah. a chat to experts in the field have a chat to vets you know just talk about it and find out what the situation is would be yeah. my advice like definitely it's the same with a lot of our um you know traits that we're breeding for is you know a lot of people are talking to other people about what's desirable and what's undesirable so, yeah. yeah very good well i think that sort of wraps up my questions today i appreciate your time i know you're very busy amongst yeah. your breeding your entertainment your <laughs> three or four boys depending on who you're talking to and um we're, Kylie, we're not breeding anymore I know, oh no the horse yeah. breeding yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's plenty of that no i can't imagine i couldn't uh, do five boys <laughs> thank you darling <laughs> maybe a girl but you never know oh i gave up on that <laughs> no i do appreciate your time i'll let you get back to it because i know you've got mares being dropped off left right and center and um it's a busy probably your busiest part of the year is this time of the year so i 
really appreciate your time today and good luck with it all and thank you and, has... and thank you for the podcast i'm love it i've loved the first oh, couple thank you editions thank you. and um honored to be a part of it aren't we yeah and um i think you're doing a terrific job for the yeah. industry so thank you great thank you very much thanks guys Thanks for listening in today. I hope you all enjoyed our discussion on horse breeding. I personally find this topic really interesting. Um, if anyone has any other further questions surrounding this topic, be sure to message us on Facebook and I could possibly put you in touch with Hagen's Equine and or it may create another really interesting topic for us to discuss on the 90 or Nothing podcast. Um, a few personal takeaways regarding um, breeding today. Number one, while embryoing can be a great solution to get quality foals on the ground and possibly multiple foals and you can continue competing on your mare. Um, I think you really need to know your mare and her breeding capabilities and also the semen selection. Um, you, It can be a really disappointing thing when you spend all that time and money with your mare and not get the results. So, I think if you can do your homework, it'll make it a lot easier for the vets to be able to do their job. Second of all, um, continuing on with the um, stallion semen, I think definitely do your research, ask about um, quality of the semen, ask the owner what um, their thoughts are on it. Hopefully they're honest enough um, if the semen hasn't been great, just to sort of give you the heads up. Um, but yeah, ask about, there can be a little bit of negative talk out there. So try and read between the lines and um, take on, you know, take on what you think might suit your mare and what you want. Number three, herder. Do your research. Um, particularly if you've got a herder mare, you're going to have to really look into making sure you don't breed to a herder stallion. Um, I'm not sure if I said it right in the podcast, but it's actually... Um, a herder horse is an N slash HR. You can look this up online, um, particularly if they're quarter horses, and search out the stallion name and go into the genetic section and see whether they're a carrier or not. Um, hopefully, most stallions will have it on their stallion advert um, or in their contract or something like that to give you the heads up. But um, yeah, really do your research. Um, it's definitely something that's manageable. And it doesn't affect the horse if they're a carrier. It's just as long as you don't breed a carrier to carrier. So um, thank you all for listening. Happy breeding. Hope you all get some healthy foals on the ground. And, and um, we look forward to seeing these horses in the future years. Good luck.